Welcome to the First Apostolic Church Podcast. Our church mission is to love as God loves, showing compassion to every soul, thus winning those souls and equipping them to be sent out to plant and to harvest. Thank you for joining us today, and we hope that you are blessed by today's podcast. Amen. Truly, truly do. Leviticus chapter number 10. And I want to just deposit a little bit of something in your mind tonight before we leave this place this evening. Leviticus 10, and I want to start reading in verse number 6 tonight. Amen. The Bible says these words, And Moses said unto Aaron, and unto Eleazar, and unto Ithamar, his sons, he said, Uncover not your heads, neither rend your clothes, lest ye die, and lest wrath come upon all the people. But let your brethren, the whole house of Israel, be well the burning which the Lord hath kindled. And ye shall not go out from the door of the tabernacle of the congregation, lest ye die. For the anointing oil of the Lord is upon you. They did according to the word of Moses. For a little while tonight, I'd like to speak to you on this subject matter. Too good to leave. Too good to leave. I got baptized tonight too. I dipped down too much in the water and got it down in, you know, those things don't work if you don't keep them above water level. And so if you see me around here tonight and you're thinking, man, he's really sweating a lot, that happens too, but this is water from the baptismal tank. Amen. And nothing else, just to clear all minds and hearts. Amen here this evening. Amen. Preventure someone would think otherwise. Hallelujah. Amen. Let's ask God to help us tonight. Amen. Through the ministry of the word. Father, I come to you right now. I need you, Jesus, in this place. We need you, O oh Lord, to speak to us. God, from your word, we need, God, a fresh word from heaven this evening. God, that you would touch us anew and afresh, God, by the power, Lord, of your spirit. God, let your word go forth. Let it do that, God, which it was sent to accomplish. It's already accomplished a work, God, in the life of the individual, Lord Jesus, that we're grateful for. We pray, oh God, that you continue, Lord Jesus, to do a work, God, through your word. It's able to heal. It's able to set free. It's able to deliver. God, and we'll give you the honor and the glory and the praise for it. In the lovely name of Jesus Christ that I pray, amen and amen. The church say amen. 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 You may be seated tonight in the lovely name of the Lord. Too good, too good to leave. The book of Leviticus. The book of Leviticus is really a start of some first things in the Old Testament scripture. The Bible had spoke to us in the Old Testament in the book of Exodus, I believe it is, that the Lord would speak unto his people and he made a plea with them. He told them, he said, make me a sanctuary that I might dwell among you. The heart of God was to dwell with, interact with his people, that he would have some form of relationship and fellowship with them and he's seen that the the tool that would be used for that fellowship was the construction of a tabernacle or the construction of a sanctuary that he might dwell among them and so the fleshing out of that happens throughout the book of exodus it has come to its completion and then finishing acts in the book of leviticus and what we see started in the book of leviticus then is the preparation of the high priest and the preparation of the priests to start functioning in their row in the sanctuary, functioning in their row in the house 
of God. And so while they are preparing for this and they had to go through proper means of preparation, there had to be the right sacrifices that were given for their own personal sins and burnt offerings given as a representation of themselves. There were rams of consecration that were given for consecrating the priests to their work and to their position and their place. The Bible tells us that Moses being very instrumental in all of this, that he was the one that was used in the anointing of Aaron and the anointing of those priests. They would put on their priestly garments and all of their attire from the head down to the foot and Moses would anoint them and he would also put blood upon them from the sacrifices of those rams of consecration and lay it upon their life. Here in the book of Leviticus then, even chapter 10 and backward, this is still very early in the initiation of the tabernacle, very early in everything that would take place there. As a matter of fact, Leviticus 9 is the first offering that Aaron would ever offer in the tabernacle. So this is very new. This is very fresh. This is a fresh occurrence that is happening. And so Aaron would offer that first sacrifice for the people. And every instrument in the tabernacle was being used for its first time. First time that the altar was being used and the laver was being used and the table of showbread and the lampstand, this would be the first time, the inaugural, if you will, the initiation of all these tools and all of these things. And Aaron would offer an offering on behalf of all of the people for their sins and their transgressions. And he, he would come with a sin offering for all of the people as well. They're initiating all these various different pieces of furniture. And the Bible says among all of this, that the sons, two sons in particular of Aaron, Nadab and Abihu, was approaching the altar of incense. First time that it's ever been approached. This is where God wanted to have a fellowship with his people. And as they would approach that altar, the Bible says they had their censers and they put the fire in their censers and they put the incense upon their censers. But the scripture denotes that they offered strange fire unto the Lord. And as a result of offering strange fire, there came a fire out from the Lord that consumed them and they died, the Bible says. And with all of that as a setting and a backdrop, the Spirit of the Lord through Moses is speaking unto Aaron and his other two sons that had done right in the eyes of the Lord. And he says this in so many words because we understand that they had been through a time of consecration. The Bible tells us in Leviticus chapter number 10, or, or 8 rather, and verse number 33, this is how it reads. It says, and ye shall not go out of the door of the tabernacle. This is being spoken to Aaron and his sons. Ye shall not go out of the door of the tabernacle of the congregation in seven days. And to the days of your consecration being at end. For seven days shall ye, 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 he be consecrated unto you. As he hath done this day, so the Lord hath commanded to do, to make an atonement for you. Therefore shall ye abide at the door of the tabernacle of the congregation day and night, seven days, and keep the charge of the Lord, that ye die not, for so I am commanded. So the word of the Lord was this, at the consecration of Aaron and his sons. We made all these sacrifices. We have anointed you. We put the blood upon you. But this consecration is going to last seven days. As a matter of fact, that meant for seven days every day there was going to be fresh sacrifices made for Aaron and his sons. They were going to be anointed again 
for each day for seven days. The blood was going to be placed upon their lives again each day for seven days. And during the time of that consecration, the law of God spoke this. You are not to leave the tabernacle. You're not to exit the tabernacle. You're going to eat at the tabernacle. You're going to sleep at the tabernacle. In essence, you're going to be living at the tabernacle. For seven days, you're going to do this. For seven days, so that you die not. This is a very strong word of the Lord upon them during their time of consecration. So you die not. You're going to remain there for seven days. This is a charge that I want you to keep. But whenever I explain to you the death of Nadab and Abihu, who was also consecrated, who had the oil upon their lives and the blood upon their lives as well. Amen. Whenever I read to you that their mistake, that their mistake that they made in chapter number 10, we have then now a father, Aaron, that sees the death of his two boys. We have brothers to Nadab and Abihu that also, two other brothers that serve in the priesthood that's had the death of their siblings. No doubt human nature is crying out in them. No doubt what they have done is wrong, but that doesn't keep them from mourning the death that has happened to these two individuals. Amen. This happened on day number eight. This happened on day number eight that they offered up these sacrifices that were strange, this fire that was strange and foreign unto the Lord. And so by all means and practical purposes, the, 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 the lifting of the hand now is for them if they would desire to or want to, to depart. They could depart now if they desired to from the tabernacle of the Lord. Because the law said for the seven days of consecration, you should stay. But after that, it is up to you. It's open to you. So this is day number eight when all of this has occurred. So in all likelihood, they could have left, it would seem like, the very tabernacle of the word of God. But the Bible says that the spirit of the Lord through Aaron, through Moses rather, spoke to Aaron. And he said, Aaron, I understand that these are your two sons. I understand there are people that are mourning the loss on the outside of the tabernacle. I understand all these things. I understand there are your other two, two boys are, are mourning over the loss of the siblings. He says, but understand this. He says, you, 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 can't, you can't uncover your hand, heads. You, you can't rend your clothes. He says, lest you die. Lest wrath come upon all the people. He says, for that matter, he says, I know it's day number eight. He says, but you can't go outside of the door of the temple. He says, because the anointing of the Lord is upon you. In other words, God's saying there is something that's been happening the past seven days. We've been preparing for the interaction of the divine with the human for the past seven days. I had this tabernacle put in place for this purpose and for this time for interaction with mankind. This is the first time some of this furniture has ever been touched by the hands of a man. This is the first time a sacrifice ever been upon the altar and light ever been up on the lamps stand. This is the first time for all of this. And you could go today according to the law that I set up four times. He said, but the only reason why that you shouldn't go right now is because I'm doing something in the tabernacle and I'm doing something among and in your lives and among your people. You should be able to leave, but I'm in the work of doing something right now. And I'm imploring you that you need to stay in the tabernacle because I'm doing a great work right here, right now that I've before ordained. Can someone say amen? 
What are you saying then tonight, Brother McGee? I'm saying this, folks, and listen to me very well this evening, that God's, God's desire has not changed. God's desire has not changed at all. He still desires to dwell among his people. He desires to have interaction. He desires to have worship. He desires us to still attend the altar and the lampstand and all those things. Amen. Still desires to have interaction with you and I, but it is a ploy. I'm going to have to slow down here. It is a ploy of the adversary. Listen to me. And sometimes it can take place in your own family. Because what in essence happened with Nadab and Abihu was a distraction. A distraction that happened on the inside of the temple. And what it came to was this. They offered strange or foreign fire in the temple. What that means was they brought something in the temple that didn't belong in the temple. They brought something in the temple that was foreign to the sacredness and the holiness and the righteousness of the temple. It was strange unto the Lord. And because they brought that, their lives was required of them because they brought that. And all that did for Aaron and all that did for those other two boys that served with him provided a distraction for them while they were trying to do the work of the Lord. It just provided a distraction for them while they were trying to worship and offer up their sacrifices and allow the smoke to arise. I'm here to declare on this Sunday night that I feel like in the past few little weeks that God has been up to something. And I have felt the moving and the presence and the spirit of the almighty God. But if I know my adversary like I know my adversary, he would try to provide a distraction, even if it's in the church, to try to get somebody to step outside of where the anointing of the Lord is flowing. Someone say amen. So I understand. I understand. That's got everybody's attention over there. It happened inside the tabernacle. I understand. I understand that some of you can. I understand that some of your relatives. Notice what the Spirit of the Lord had Moses do. He said, you get some boys come in here. You wind up the bodies of those two and you drag them outside of the tabernacle. Why? Because if we leave them in the tabernacle, it's gonna impede the purpose of God's will for Aaron and the sons. There's gonna be some things left undone in the tabernacle. If you leave it around, folks, I'm telling you, sometimes you just gotta put blinders on your eyes. Sometimes you gotta say, let this mind be in me, which was also in Christ Jesus, so that we can do the work of the Lord. Someone say amen. Says you don't leave that tabernacle because the anointing, there's something happening. There's something going on. The anointing is upon you. Says I know that all Israel's gonna mourn and lament. And I know by virtue of your relationship that there's a certain aspect of mourning, Aaron, and boys in your own lives. But listen to me. Here was the moral of the story. You can't allow that to affect you like they on the outside allow that to affect them. 
Well, you're preaching, preacher. I'm preaching in the last days. We're living in perilous times. I'm talking about living in the last days. There's perilous times. There's distractions in the church and there's distractions out of the church. Distractions that was in the church, they pulled out and they was on the outside of the church. And the whole world has a certain way that they are responding to the distractions that are around us. They are responding a certain way with a certain measure by a certain degree. But through the scripture, I understand Moses said, boys, you can't respond like everybody else is responding. You can't, you can't cover your heads like they're covering their heads. You can't rent your clothes like they're, I know it's affecting you, but you can't be affected. You gotta have a different response. You got. Oh yeah. Oh, no, no, none of that. You tell me none of that. You tell me just things in recent weeks. Amen. With Kim Davis hasn't been a distraction to the world. Let me not tell you. You don't tell me just a few things concerning, amen, the Supreme Court. Amen. Putting down this definition of marriage. If that's not been a distraction to the world. You tell me for the past several years, the whole concept of legalized abortion hasn't been a distraction. Amen. They're all responding certain ways. But the church has to arise in this hour. And we can't respond as they respond because the anointing of the Lord is upon us. Someone say amen. And so with that, I throw a little precursor out there and that is this. It was other people in the tabernacle that was a means of distraction for Aaron and his boys. And the response had to be this. Pull the distraction out and don't pull yourself out. Because the popular response sometimes whenever we get sucked into the distractions that happen inside the church makes us want to leave the church. So no, 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 don't you leave because God's up to something. God's doing something. God's performing the work. By all means, just let the distraction go out the door and you stay right. I've consecrated you. I brought you to this moment. I brought you to this time. It's been foreordained. Don't you leave. Don't you take up your... The holy anointing of the Lord is upon you. Too good to leave. Too good to leave. Someone say amen. Woo. Says, you tell me, Aaron, you tell me, boys, that although it seems to be open and the days of consecration are over and that you may possibly leave, you're telling me that in just a moment you're willing to trade what you've experienced the past seven days? You're willing to trade what you experienced the last seven days because of a little mishap over here in the temple? Because a little foreign thing had entered the temple, something that was strange entered the temple. And let me tell you something, folks. Amen, we come to the house of God, but not every time we come does everybody come with the love, hallelujah, amen, glory, God, spirit. Because I tell you, and this is no disregard to anybody that's here tonight, but I'll tell you overall what the church is dealing with today, and they're dealing with a distraction of worldliness. Uh Uh-huh. A distraction of worldliness. Worldliness comes in the church, and it's strange. Don't get me wrong. It's formed because they're trying to offer up that sacrifice. They're doing the right thing, but the wrong way. 
There should have been incense. There should have been fire. But they were doing the right thing the wrong way. They had something foreign that was contained in all that. Something that was strange in all that. Let me tell you, it doesn't matter how much we do. Amen. That is right. If we do it with a spirit of worldliness in our heart, a spirit of worldliness in our soul, amen, it's going to be required of us in how we act. And whenever that happens, that causes distraction for another brother and another sister. But I'm here to tell you tonight, don't leave the tabernacle because God is up to something. Someone say amen. You're going to trade seven days of consecration, seven days of anointing, seven days of blood, seven days of sacrifices. You're going to trade all that for the baser elements of walking out the doors and leaving what you've been in for the past seven days because there's a little distraction. It's the power, though. It's the power of distraction. Paul said, when I would do good, evil is present with me. It's always an element of distraction whenever the holy anointing oil is flowing. Always something to try to deter your attention where it needs to be, where it ought to be, to try to derail you, deter you, separate you from the purpose, separate you from the plan. I'm preaching maybe ahead of schedule right now. What I'm saying is God has been up to something. And don't be surprised if distractions start popping up on the left hand and on the right hand, in your homes, in your families, and in the church. I'm telling you, pay no attention to it. I'm telling you, don't fan the flames of it. Just ignore it. Just ignore it. And keep your eye and your mind upon the idea God is up to something. God is doing something. God is baptizing somebody. God is filling people with the Holy Don't you get your eye. Because this is just too good to leave. Hallelujah, Jesus. If you're just looking at the eyes of someone, well, you're telling me that God didn't allow them to go attend the funeral of somebody? Well, in essence, yes. But we're looking at that through a very literal sense. The, 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 the theme and the general principle of the matter is this. It was something that was taking them away from their purpose. Beyond a death, it could have been famine in the land. It could have been anything. It just happened to be, for that matter, death. But it was taking them beyond their purpose of what God was doing in and through their lives. And so sometimes, in order to keep the oil flowing, and God's plan of wanting to dwell and interact with you, you got to react differently than the way everybody else reacts. Bible speaks the Old Testament scripture David had called at this time his general was Amasa uh-huh. he called Amasa Judah is separated from Israel at this time David has two tribes Judah and Benjamin the other ten there is, there is uh, woe and there is the separation of the tribes ten amen called Israel now has been separated David has called his general by the name of Amasa to go and do some war they're trying to get some ground back, trying to get things back in repair the way that they need to be, get David back in the place of being king as he was, but the throne was being threatened. He sends Amasa out to do this. 
Seemed like it was taking some time. He sent some others. Joab, who had formerly been, had formerly been the general, goes out and he meets Amasa. He meets Amasa. Unbeknown to Amasa, Joab has the sword in his hand. He greets Amasa. He greets him with, with a kiss on his cheek, which was a cultural thing that they would just do at that time, and held him by his head, so to speak. And Amasa, not being aware of the sword that was in Joab's hand, Job took that sword and pierced Amasa through under the fifth rib. Amen. Here is an army that's marshalling in rank to go to battle. And Amasa, because of Joab and his actions now, the Bible said he's wallowing in his own blood. Oh, what a horrid sight. Oh, it should not even happen. But more than anything, talking about a death of a man, this is what it came down to, a distraction. Because the Bible says as this massive army is going forward to battle and God is on the verge of doing something on behalf of David and everything that's going on because now of this distraction that took place in their own army, that took place in their own camp. The Bible says everybody was standing still and they were looking down. What were they doing? They were paying more attention to the distraction than what they were, the purpose that was ahead of them. And sooner or later, someone took inventory of the situation. We can't go on and do what needs to be done if we're going to center our lives around what's distracting over here they said go get a go get a blanket go get something and cover that body up because they're not going to go on until we remove the distraction what are you saying tonight I'm saying this folks it is the ploy of the adversary there'll be things crop up in your home in your family in your own mind and it's only purpose brother Anderson is to distract us get us away from what we need to be concentrating on Right now at this moment, while the iron is hard, we need to be concentrating upon the loss. We need to be concentrating on home Bible studies. We need to be concentrating on keeping the baptismal pool hot. We need to be... Someone say amen. It's too good to leave. Too good, too good, too good. Got to sharpen our focus. Because we can't just allow everything that comes down the pike to break our focus. Because if it works in the simpler things, he'll provide them every day. He'll work in the simpler things. He'll provide them every Sunday morning, Sunday night, and Wednesday night. Uh-huh. Brother McGee, I just can't get over some people and their lack of enthusiasm. Let me tell you something. It's become a distraction for you. I can't get over. I can't get over. People say this is their church and they don't come to this church. That's just a distraction for you. Don't focus in on that. Don't hone in on that. I just can't get over. You know, there are all kinds of things we can start picking apart. Hey, man, there's some things I have a hard time getting over too. But I got to stay my eyes on the purpose. Got to stay my eyes on... Honey, what, what in my estimation, Brother Fred, over the past few weeks, what God has done, I, I sometimes go to prayer and I am baffled. I'm scratching my head. I, I am baffled. It might not affect you like that, but it affects this old boy up here like that. And I know, I know, I know my adversary. I'm not ignorant of his devices. I know him. He would try to get me to look at who's not coming besides seeing who is coming. And so I gotta keep my focus because it's too good to leave. The holy anointing of the Lord is in the place. 
I feel it touch my life here and there this week and it's too good to leave, too good to abandon. Someone say amen. Bible says in Titus chapter 2 I'll, I'll read verse 11 but the real verse I want to read is verse number 12 Bible says for the grace of God that bringeth salvation hath appeared to all men teaching us that denying ungodliness and worldly lusts we should live soberly, righteously, and godly in this present world. So the great God of grace has brought salvation. Wow. There's something to focus on. But we still have our feet planted in this present world. And he tells us the success, though, of being successful. We're keeping the purpose in the middle of the present world, he said, deny ungodliness and worldly lust. Why? Because those are distractions. He says, deny them. Refuse, reject them. Contradict, if you may. Be contrary. Because they'll pull you in. They'll pull you in. He said, but the way that we keep our eyes on this salvation that God is bringing in the middle of our present world is by not giving eye or attention to the distractions. Now, that takes a little bit more discipline at times than others. Huh. Boy, does it ever. Children sometimes in the real life can serve as distractions, lest their hearts will love them really do but there's times going down the road or whatever it may be you're right in the middle of the biggest city with the most traffic and they are serving as another distraction and they're trying they're saying dad 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 daddy father dad and they're saying that from the back seat i'm nose to nose with traffic we're moving at a, a decent rate of speed there's been accidents you've seen already on the road you got that voice, dad, dad, daddy, hey, dad, hey, dad, listen to me, dad. You got this going on. And what I found out, if I start the conversation, the conversation's going to go. If I start the conversation, they're going to talk to me and they're going to expect a response. And over time, though, I've learned that if you just let them keep talking, dad, hey, dad, dad, sooner and sometimes mostly later, if you just don't pay attention, if you just ignore, they become frustrated and the voice dies in the back seat. I think we inflame some of the distractions that happen in and outside of the church because we pay much attention to them. We give them too much air. We fan the flame too much. What we need to do is just deny it, reject it, ignore it. Keep on the same purpose, on the right thing. And if you do it long enough and if you be persistent in doing it, it'll die out. It will, it, its voice will quieten. But you got to learn to deny to de Someone say Amen. Stand with me here this evening. Strange, it's foreign. Foreign fire. Foreign fire. Strange, strange fire. Boys, you could 
And I'm imploring you that you don't leave the tabernacle. The reason, not because the days of your consecration are not over. The reason for the holy anointing of the Lord is upon you. holy anointing of the Lord is upon you. Let me look out over this congregation tonight and tell you those very same words that Moses told them. The holy anointing of the Lord. Thank you for listening. If you would like more information about our services and activities, you can find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter with the username FACMC. Again, that's FACMC. Thank you and have a blessed day.